the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. It is just the two of us. Just the two of us. You and I. We're building castles in the sky. It's I, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavarria, and my lovely co-host, uh, Eric Silva-Betterman, who is doing his ball exercises. Hey. Let's currently. clarify. Let's clarify the listeners as I had to for you. <laughs> therapy. <laughs> Hand and wrist therapy exercises hey, what, with the squishy hey, ball. Hey, <laughs> I, I don't think you're giving yourself any more credit. <laughs> Hand and thigh. What? 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 Nope. Uh, that, that last one was not in there. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. Uh, I love it that you're wearing your Cobra Kai sweatshirt. So, yeah, a hoodie, yeah, it's a good one. I only watched like later. three episodes of that show, and that was it. It is extreme telenovela. I mean, they they did really, they, yeah, they 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 kept the vibes and they kept it's cool to see the characters, and there's some decent fight sequences, but it, it is such a basically just a telenovela, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there's the is there the telenovela music? Dun, dun, dun. It's right all fight. Well, it's an 80s butt rock because they're keeping it true to the oh, original. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool, cool. All right, so... What's, um, what's new with you, bud? Things good? Um, well, you know, I don't know if the rent will make it, but my dog ate my donuts yesterday. We were meeting with uh, Zeller and company. Uh, we have some stuff cooking up for you for World Cup, and we are kind of excited mm-hmm. about it. We'll make announcements as they come along. I- I'm just literally enjoying... Like I took a whole week off next week. So like not checking my email for like a week is going to be wonderful. I'm planning on going biking with kids. I'm planning on going. We might go on even on a train ride to see colors. That's what my wants to do. But, oh, you're doing the, the Osseo one? We did that a long time ago. That, that's a fun one. I don't I know where it is, but yeah. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Recommended. Like, I, we got to drive an hour and then we got to do that. So apparently that's what, we, what my mom wants to do. So. We'll figure good it stuff. out because my mom leaves next week. So yeah, we did that when Dagger was really little, and it was it was a good time. Well, Santi loves trains and he loves colors, yep. so it's a it's a win win. So yeah, yeah. So even if it's just me, her, and Santi, that's that's fine with me. I'll drive the nice. hour that I need to do just to get that back. So good stuff. So, yeah, but uh, I mean, it's nice being home. I mean, um, soccer season's officially over for me. Um, I kind of feel sad about it because I really enjoyed these things some of you who've talked to me in the circles out there know that you know i've mentioned to just like i've always been interested in in having the experience to coach a high school soccer team and um this is the closest i've gotten and i really enjoyed lots of it you know like i wasn't full blown into it but like um i really enjoyed lots of parts of it and so i'm I'm very proud of all our players right even through the hard parts and and everything um you know winning mayor's cup in a dramatic fashion was super cool having uh tc soul uh mayo and sparkles and andrea and coach jen out there to do the award ceremony was 
was more than cool. And I think um, just overall, like, I think it's been a great, great year for St. Paul soccer in a sense of like high school level. You know, we had the St. Paul Cup um, played at Allianz. So that was great to, to have that and hopefully keep on rotating. Um, I also had, you know, it, it was just a lot of fun, a lot of laughter, a lot of understanding um, kids and teenagers and almost adults and seeing them trying to develop and understand better what we're trying to do. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So nice. like, I, I really enjoyed it. Hopefully I get to dive myself more into it um, next season, but we'll see. Um, well, let's get into things here. I, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I do want to give you a moment. Um, Minnesota United played after we recorded yesterday, and I put a little tag on the recording just to get a uh, reaction. They win uh, 2-0 over the Whitecaps. Uh, Fraga Proud Boy scores the 17th minutes, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, good for the team. Bad that it has to be him. Um, really, the big narrative here is Dane Sinclair, once again, standing on his head. Uh, that double save early. I've got DSC save 56, DSC save 60 something, DSC saves. I mean, he was just DSC save 81. There's DSC save basically all over the place in the, the brief amount of notes that I have. So um, another great showing for him, just, you know, really pulling this team up and kind of literally saving them using the word again. Um, but this is where I want to give a minute for you, Rodrigo, or two, because this is your guy. You've been talking so much about, uh, Jonathan Gonzalez, he comes in as a sub in the 60-something minute, right? Somewhere around there. It was after halftime. And uh, right place, right time, kind of a garbage goal. But a goal is a goal, 77th minute, puts it in, gets uh, gets the deflection or gets off the deflection and just kind of like buries it. Um, there's your match, 2-0. Uh, Loons survive. They get the sixth seat in the playoffs. But please embellish. Take take your, uh, what do you call him, Jogo? <laughs> Jogo mania. There you go. Take take your moment. No, I I, I you know I've had conversations with people on Twitter and just off things, but but Jonathan Gonzalez is a talented player, right? There was a reason why he was being looked at as being you know um, a U.S. men national team uh, player, and so the thing was is just that you know he never really got the opportunities where he's currently playing, and so he came out here. He's a he's a good midfielder. He's got a good first touch. Um, sees the field, passes the ball quickly, doesn't hold onto the ball too long, like uh, likes to press, right? Like he's he's that he's a midfielder, like he's a midfielder's midfielder in a sense, right? He might be a little bit defensive, but he can also be offensive as well. And I think that's one of the things that that we kind of lack in this. We don't have a lot of midfielders pushing forward or crashing the net a lot. Uh, we remember having a lot of those with Raheem Edwards, right? He would score goals like that. He would crash the net, and then he'd get the back door goals. Juku kind of functions the same way, and his passing is really good. His awareness is is good. I just he's a kid that needs time, and I think um, you know um, as um, as uh, other Juku maniacs. Um, out there were letting me know, um, I believe Dan Dan Wade goes by Dan Wade on Twitter, um, let me know that um, they do, that the Loons have an option, option to exercise on 2020 for 2023. So it would not be surprising, and I hope they do, is that they exercise that option because having another midfielder that can change the tempo and change, um, you know, be more secure on the passing, right? It's like having kind of like a mini Robin Lude out there, like she's really good at passing the ball, really good at seeing the spaces. 
Um, just imagine, you know, him and, and Bongi coming off the bench or whoever else is once everyone else is healthy. I mean, that's, that's, that midfield is going to be really fun to watch. I mean, you got Hassani Dodson coming back. I mean, it's, it should be interesting. And if we keep him around for that year, it, it should fertilize the midfield and not have to play Lude so much in the middle, unless that's where we think he should be at this point. Yeah, you maybe, really he should argue. Be. Yeah. maybe he should be. Um, cool. So at this point, we'll do a little a quick recap here and then actually get into where we are at present. Um, Galaxy end up winning their match, so they actually jump to fourth. Nashville have a good showing, and they actually beat LAFC. So that doesn't really change anything there, but they, they hold steady at that, um, that fifth position. Um, Minnesota are kind of all over the place in real time as this is happening, but because they win, they actually end up moving up a spot from seventh to sixth. And then RSL, they win their match. They beat Portland pretty convincingly, three to one. And then uh, so they were able to solidify the seventh seed. Uh, on the East... I'll skip the first few because they were already solid. Um, the real no- narrative here is um, at, when we started the whole thing, Inter with Miami was at fifth, I think it was. Uh, Cincinnati, once again, uh, Brenner take the wheel. He has a hat trick and an assist for a 5-2 win over DC United, just, just completely tearing it up. Um, and so with that win, Cincinnati jumps to fifth, Inter dropped to sixth. And then the other big one were basically the two teams vying for that last spot, which were Orlando and Columbus, whoever win, whoever won was in and uh, Orlando wins. So they take it two to one there. So it's all set finally, but like massive drama, basically on both sides, East and West for those last few spots. Um, anything to say there before we start off our little current playoff situation, Rodrigo, were you, were you yeah. surprised? Was did anything uh, catch your eye? I mean, I just, Wanted to say that, like the East, in a in a sense of like Cinderella stories, like it's really nice to see Cincinnati and Inter Miami actually become the teams that they can be, mm-hmm. instead of the butt of the of the memes of the league. And Especially so, Cincinnati, yes. Yeah, and I think Cincinnati, you know, can it has a really good squad. Where I mean, Lucho Acosta, Brenner, Brandon Vasquez. I mean, dear Lord, you know, that's. Yep. That's where you get it, you know? You're, I mean, you're setting up a perfect segue, Rodrigo, because yeah. playoffs started yesterday, and the first big one was Red Bulls hosting Cincinnati. I picked in my bracket, I picked the upset, I picked Cincinnati actually winning this match, and that is what happened. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of the first half. I was multitasking, uh, winterizing the house a little bit. So uh, it was nil-nil, though. But I did get to watch the second half, and it was fun. Because uh, it starts out immediately with a goal with Red Bulls uh, from Red Bulls with Morgan in the 49th minute blast from way outside. So pressure's on now. And at this moment, it does kind of look like they're going to run away with it. Um, Cameron for Cincinnati looks like he scores in the 60th minute. Uh, VAR call it, call it offside. So we're back to 1-0. Um, and then it takes a, uh, a pretty obvious foul in the box um, that, Kevin, that uh, not, uh, Acosta Acosta ends up putting burying it. So there's your there's your first goal to tie things up one one. But I think the real awesome highlight that I'm pretty sure I posted on the on the Insta was 85th minute. Vasquez doing doing what he does with just a great one two setting up a one v one with the keeper and he's not gonna miss that. God, I love uh, how we burned Aaron Long. 
Sure did. U.S. Bet National Team defender Aaron sure Long did. got burned so bad. Yep. And here's so there the thing it is. too: is like two one. We, we uh, since he moves on. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I think those who have seen Cincinnati play, we've seen him Cincinnati play, right? We've seen Brandon Baskins. He is that you know that uh, as Heath calls it, fox in the box, right? He is willing. He's he's gonna get into that space, and that's exactly what happened. That yeah. ball came out. Ball was crossed in. Aaron Long was trying to catch up on speed because he wasn't paying attention that Brandon Vasquez was, was was sprinting to the ball and he just touched it in. I mean, those are those are the goals you want to see. Those are easy goals. Yep. And I mean, that's just wonderful to watch. And and I saw it and I was like, that's a that's a great goal. And I'm like, uh, great goal, yeah. great story. I mean, the narrative, like like you already alluded yeah. to, of, of this team just being the joke of the league for four years now <laughs> yeah i know i was gonna say decades but you know it, feels, <laughs> it, feel, it feels like it it does feel like it um it's, it's an amazing turnaround I, I can't remember the name of their coach but i know he's up for coach of the year and just yes, the fact should be yeah exactly speaking, getting speaking to the playoffs coaches, and winning it's absolutely incredible so speaking of coaches um, on them. um caleb porter got fired from columbus so yep that was fun we mentioned that and i think um, the funny thing is that at one point during the season or beginning of last season he said I bet my house that Columbus makes the playoffs. So I want to know who gets the house. <laughs> yeah. This, this goes back to the policy in Brazil where, if, where you don't get keys to a, a, a car or a house until you, you basically guarantee a mid table position. <laughs> right. You're probably gone after six months. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. So, so I don't yep. know where Caleb Porter is, is, is at. And uh, you know, I don't know. Like, Never make, never make. Uh, he he should take up the 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 motto of of Charlotte and you know be like uh, estoy jodido because that's really yeah. what he is. Uh, Twelve minutes of stoppage time in this match, by the way, which I thought was just incredible. I was laughing. That was so nuts. Hard. I was yes. like, <laughs> being a person uh, has played that's coached two like high school overtimes. It's not fun. I'll tell you that much. Well, and. It, I, I'm not exactly sure what it all came from because again, I wasn't paying too much attention in the first half, so I don't know if something happened there that they added it on. But I didn't, I didn't remember seeing a lot of drama in the second. So, who knows? Um, Justin put in in our in our group chat though that apparently this is pretty uh, par for the course in the Turkish league. <laughs> like they always have 10, 11, 12 minute stoppage time, which is which is ridiculous. <laughs> How do you train for that? Seriously, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but once again, interesting to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Huge congrats to FC Cincinnati. I mean, just making it is huge. And now they, they get to play uh, they get to play Philly, which who knows? I mean, you run on the energy, you run on the vibes. Who knows? Um, okay, let's go to the West. So after that match, we had LA Galaxy hosting Nashville. I, I tried to pull the double upset in my prediction here, Rodrigo, and I failed on this one. So one for two. Uh, Galaxy win this thing 1-0. Araujo scores in the 60th. Uh, great goal. His first goal, apparently, for the of the entire season, which is wild. I mean, I know he's assisted a whole bunch. I, I just assumed that he'd actually been scoring, but apparently not. Um, this sets up, I think, probably one of the coolest things that we get to talk about. That's we right. love our El Traficos. Now we have an El Trafico with, like, huge uh, things to play for to move on. Um, oh, man. So, yeah, El, El, El Trafico, El Trafico is now. one of the favorite things in this league, literally. Yep. You know, besides Cascadia Cup, but you know, El Trafico with the semifinal. I mean, what more do you want? It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I love, I love the fact that um, 
you know, Chicharito actually had a lot of um, a lot of opportunities, and um, I love how Walker Simeon literally just ran him over to get a yellow. <laughs> he just body smashed him. Yep. It's like watching Thor, like, you know. Yeah, it was just one of those things. It was great. Like, yeah, yeah. but overall, like, I mean, Galaxy is 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 doing the things that they need to be, and they're peaking at the right moment. We never knew which Galaxy is going to show up, but we at least we know this one did. And so if this well, is the that, same yeah, Galaxy no, that please. shows up against, against LAFC, it's going to be a fun match. And that's that's kind of the way I felt about Nashville too, and kind of why I picked them. I was like, I don't know which Nashville team is either going to show up. I mean, if they really turn it on, they could they could do it. But it was it was a pretty balanced match, to be yeah. honest. And you know, good on Galaxy for doing what they yeah. had to do. Sad for uh, MVP winning Hani Hani uh, Mukhtar. Mukhtar, He's yep. an amazing player. Really um, so. Yeah. And so yeah, deserves the deserves the award regardless because you know why, right? Hmm. Because he showed them skills in the MLS skills competition. Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. He's the one that um, had the skills. So there we go. Man, I hope this this uh, El Trafico is, is, on, uh, is on regular ABC. I, I, hope, they get, I hope it gets the, uh, the full treatment. If it's, if it's not, we can find a way around it for you. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. All right. Uh, so those are set and moving today. After we get done recording here, we have a few more. Uh, playoff matches, Austin FC hosting Salt Lake and Montreal hosting Orlando. Um, I, I believe on my bracket, I picked Austin over Salt Lake, although, boy, talk about upsets if, if that were to go down again. Salt Lake does have a history of pulling some rabbits out of hats. Um, and then Montreal over Orlando. I just think Montreal are too solid of a team. I don't think Orlando is going to survive that one. No, I, I think I think Austin has been consistent, right? They have, you know, a runner-up and MVP with Drusi. So, I mean... Yeah. I picked Austin, to be clear. I'm just saying yeah. Salt Lake has I mean, if you're looking for an upset, <laughs> what's bigger upset, Salt Lake or Orlando beating on that? I think probably Salt Lake, correct? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so, yeah, I think Montreal is, is, is doing a, a good job, and we'll see what it is. The playoffs is a whole different beast, so... It is. But I never... Actually- Never, never doubt the Peruvian goalkeeper though. So he's been playing lights out ah. lately. So, <laughs> I, I picked Montreal all the way to the final. Actually, I picked Montreal over Philly. That uh, was was my big prediction on that side. Uh, Monday, and NYCFC hosts Inter Miami. I, I picked this upset as well. I think because of what you were talking about earlier, the vibes and everything kind of firing with Inter Miami. I think they carry it similarly to uh, what Cincinnati did, and I think they knock off yet another New York team. That's that's my big. That would be awesome. Yep. I mean, then, then, then the story and the lore of Gonzalo Higuain continues. Yes, yes. And absolutely. I don't think that's that's probably one of the best stories or telenovelas in, in MLS over the last couple of years. Like, but kudos to Miami. Kudos to um, kudos to Gonzalo for actually taking something seriously and not just the smoking breaks. So, <laughs> which is the way it was for most of the season. Well, you got you got to set up this pillow narrative too for Messi, though, right? Like Messi doesn't want to come to the team that hasn't done anything. It's just like, all right, at least let's make a decent run and show that we can get to the playoffs and all that. Yeah, all if right. Messi ever comes to the MLS, it's just going to be just hand him the MVP, even if he's not. <laughs> even if he's not, at, like even if, he, if Messi at fifty percent is like literally. I was going to say, he'll, times he'll, better. he'll play 15 to 20 minutes a game and yeah. still have, like, the assist record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll, play, he'll play 45 minutes per game. He'll have the less minutes of it, and he'll still, like, you know, 
have 20 assists 15 20 assists and maybe (laughs) eight nine ten goals right yeah yeah yep exactly uh and then of course the one that we're looking at uh dallas and minnesota later in the evening um i'll throw to you first rodrigo uh how do you feel about this one it's scary yeah i mean if we recall dallas did you know when we played dallas last time it was the 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 meltdown of you know two goals in three minutes you know that was a nightmare. And that's how dangerous this team can be, right? I mean, you got you got Jesus Ferreira, who's fast and amazingly good, good number nine, right? Has been developing that way now, starting for the US Men national team. You got um you got Ariola, who's always been known another US Men national team player, but has also been known as one of the best players to cross balls or pass balls into the attacking third. So, like, there you go. I mean, and then you know, that's not it. I mean, you got you got more and more. It's, it's a solid team, good for the counter, but um, can be problematic with a back line that we had the mm. other time. So I think the yep. question is um, we need to play. Um, we need to figure out what's the best situation for us. Do we want to play with two sixes? Do we want to play a 4-3-3 if we're going away? If you play a 4-3-3, then you really need to make sure that you have midfielders that are running into the box, right? Not just defensive midfielders, right? Because that's what you're going to need. And so it makes it interesting to see how that would work in a, um, um, for, um, let's see, players that we will use for this game. But um, I don't know. Like, I think they'll probably go with the 4 2 3 1 that they've been going through and, and try to take advantage, but really, really really set their minds on a defensive makeup in the half because you can't beat speed. Yep. <laughs> you can plan um, for it and contain it, but you can't beat it. Yes. I, I tend to agree with that analysis and, and I'll, I'll just make the big prediction. Minnesota do not win this match. I, I, I see this narrative that we've seen before or this pattern wrap that I think Minnesota probably scores first and then they kind of start to take their foot off the gas. And like you said, two goals in two minutes or whatever it is. I think Dallas probably win this thing like three to one, even though Minnesota scores first. That's, that's what I'm calling. Um, let's go to NWSL. I, I'll let you kind of drive this thing. Cause we were just putting in some last minute additions here, uh, a whole bunch of fallout. Well, let me say this first. Well, we got playoffs starting today, quarterfinals, Houston dash, Kansas city current at four, uh, San Diego wave, Chicago rare stars at nine. That's going to be a fun matches game. there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. going to be fun. I can't wait to watch um, the nine o'clock game. So while that is happening, there's all this drama still happening in the background over the Yates report, which you did uh, an amazing and, and very passionate commentary on last week. Over the day. It was, I listened back a little bit. I was just like, man, I thought dude was going to start crying. <laughs> you were like, you were really letting it go. <laughs> um, yeah. So make so sure we send for... that over to uh, burn it all down so I can just get. The yeah. Jabs. You know, no, yeah. it was. It, send, I, send it to I, Brenda and let her know that was me. So yeah. I appreciate you being vulnerable and like putting it all out there. It was, it was, yeah. it was really nice. Um, but there've been, there's been a lot of fallout. So I don't know where right. you want to start, but go ahead. Yeah, you, can you if you can tell me who the coaches or people who stepped down and fired or whatever, that's great. And I'll pick it up from there. Oh, so my we goodness. know in right. Portland, Portland yep. was. Um, um, well, geez. Paulson's still like running things. Yeah, outside. he stepped down. But he stepped down technically. Yeah. Um, they've got so Whistler was the the Red Stars. Uh, what do you call him? President or whatever. He is gone, so he's out. 
Um, Red Star's board of directors. How about that? Chairman of the board. He's out. Um, and then Portland's president of soccer, Gavin Wilkinson, as well as president of business, Mike Galoob, maybe is how you pronounce it. They're out, both of them. And is that it? Oh, you said Orlando fired both their coach and their assistant coach. So they're going to go from there. Yeah, they fired them because of um, they had a different. Um, they had another investigation to allegations. So the National Women's Soccer League um, announced that Amanda Cromwell and assistant Sam Green um, had, you know, engaged in retaliatory conduct, which is like what? Which makes sense why the number one draft in the NWSL did not want to go play for their coach that played in college and ended up going to go play in the Liga Mexicana, Liga Femenil. So that's right. Yep. We all were wondering why that was, and now we have a better understanding of why that is. So, um, Sad. and the thing too is that uh, the Wilfs, oh, Mark Wilf made a statement as well too, coming from Orlando regarding uh, the situation and showing support. Uh, and understanding that there needs to be systemic changes, and so like it was, it was a good statement. But you know, as always, there, there's always more that you could do. And let's see what actions speak louder than statements, right? <laughs> and sure. so we'll see how how these statements work on. I also had I I'm trying to remember. Um, also, I don't think it's a hot take to say the Wilfs are just garbage humans. <laughs> well, that's the true. worst. Yeah. Yeah. The Wolves. As we once called them back in the day, uh-huh. when the kids were little, the wolves. The wolves. And also, the the other thing is um, that um, one of the sponsors for the the Timbers is sort of want to pull out. It's pulled out their sponsoring, but they're also oh, like wanting to to switch their sponsoring from the from the Timbers to the Thorns. To be able to oh. give them, you know, they want to be able to. So it, so Meg Meg Linehan, um, tweeted that out. So that was awesome to, to be able to see, um, and just overall to report, right? I mean, I think, you know, if you haven't listened to the podcast that Meg has, um, you know, I re- totally recommend it. It's it's. It's it's really good, but they also went over a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, and you know we want to give people the the credit where it's due. Yeah, but so um, yeah, it's from KeyBank. Sorry, KeyBank um, cha- right. wants to change their their uh, their sponsorship. So that's really big okay. statement. So hopefully we see more of that. And the other thing is that um, you know, like if you were an owner and you stepped down, you're still an owner. <laughs> right yeah exactly so so you know what you know we, we totally understand that everything is moving you know starting to move and pick up speed but <laughs> there's there's no consequence when you're still directly involved but you're just right right that's like you know like <laughs> i don't know it's like it's like you own stocks and then you sell some but you still own stocks right i mean like mm-hmm. it's like it was like oh i still get the money i'm not gonna be involved making the decisions but i still get the money yeah, yeah. that needs to change like and there needs to be <laughs> congratulations you went from a capitalist to a shadow capitalist still yes, a capitalist right. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you're still a capitalist right and that's the thing is is that like there needs to be and, and this is the thing too that we've talked about a lot is just that 
needs to set precedent, needs to set protocol, needs to be transparent about these things. Um, so not only the players are aware, um, but also players association, but also the fans, I think, the people who are mm -hmm. really interested in it. It's like, we need to know what the steps are. Because if you just tell us we're going to take care of it or, or everything is going on, I mean, like nothing's really going to, to change in that sense. And what is the protocol for hiring a new owner or selling the searches? Why did you open up to the fans? The fans want to own the team. I mean, why don't we go that way in a sense, right? At least some of those shares, regardless, it's, it's just, it's just, it needs to be a better system that we have. And that does not mean just getting new owners. It means yep. getting a new new way of doing things and a, and a more equitable way of doing things. The players have say that, you know, that, that management has say, everyone has a say into how things are are, are going to be handled from on. And, right. and, and more money needs to be spent in the aspect of like prevention and support, right? I mean, just mm -hmm. instead of just, sending an email there should be someone who people talk to a representative this these are all the ideas at the top of my head i'm not saying that these are all great ideas but i think this just needs to be changed not only at this level at the professional level but also at the youth level and the u.s federation level it all needs to be on the same playing level field because if we don't start doing this like we're going to be doing the same thing um two or three years from now more things will be coming out and these are just the people that got busted. You know what I mean? Have like, you, yeah. Have, have you listened, you mentioned Burnell now. Have you listened to the latest one? It's, it's no, I have as, not. As I've I been, at. I was trying to get so, crazy done at work, but our, I'll listen to the last that's one. That's all right. I was going to say our, our friend of the pod, uh, Brenda Elsie actually said that in her opinion, it won't happen, but, but they've been, you know, through fair where she works, they've been documenting all these cases. And she thinks that uh, U.S. soccer should actually, actually be sanctioned and like pulled from the world cup and everything, which would be, it's not going to happen obviously, no, but it would be because amazing. FIFA likes money. So yeah, that's right. But, but the point is like, you can make a case that, Oh yeah. That you is, can totally make a case. I mean, you yeah. can make a case starting all the way from the, from when the first league started back after the yep. 99ers won it. Right. You can make, I mean, there's a documentary on ESPN that, that really is like, like kind of takes you. It's, it's like, I don't want to say it's super cosmetic, but it's somewhat cosmetic, but gives you, it's like an introduction to what happened. Mm -hmm. So like, if you get to watch it, watch it, you know, um, um, but overall, like, like, yeah, things need to change at a systemic level or if not, because if not, we're just going to keep on having the same issues over and over again. And then people yep. are just not going to be, and then once they get screwed out of it, are the, are, are the kids, right? I mean, yeah. the young players that want to be able to, who, who at one point see that dealing with this abuse and uh, is, is considered part of the game. And that's what we want to get rid of. Yep. We want to be rid of that understanding it's not part of the game at all. So, Well, speaking of new ideas, Rodrigo, you're, you're throwing me lots of great segues and setups here. Um, I don't really track rowdies anymore since back in the, the uh, NASL days when then old school Minnesota United or even the Stars and what all the other 10 names they had in like two years. Uh, but an interesting thing happened with Tampa Bay Rowdies. There, there was a racism that happened. And there was a consequence, and it's 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 kind of starting to get the movement right now. It, it got a lot of people going in our in our Slack chat, uh, patreon.com backslash MN football show, by the way, if you want to get in there. Um, but uh, a 12-game suspension for this player that that uh, had a racist comment. Um, you know, in some respects, you're like, dang, you're missing like pretty much the entire season. 
but at the same time, kind of alluding to what you were just talking about, because there's nothing codified, all these things are all over the place from like essentially no consequence, which is generally what happens to now this extreme other end where it's just like, <laughs> guess you're playing two matches, pal. <laughs> um, I mean, personally, I thought, it, I, I thought it was kind of a positive development just to actually come out with something, you know, go big or go home kind of way. But uh, I, I, I can understand the counter argument that it's a little too much. Also, um, I'm curious where you land, where they go. It's, it's, it's just a mess, right? It, this is where we're at. It's a mess. It's, it's confusing. I think the, the thing that we need to take in consideration for the situation is that there was action taken and action was taken swiftly, right? Um, again, we don't know um, what the protocols are for the, in the USL or any majority of leagues when it comes to issues like this. Like, we don't know, you know. But my assumption is, like, if you get a 12-game suspension after there's an investigation, the reasons are in the investigation, right? I mean, like... In order for you to be suspended for that type of amount of time, you there needs to be not more than one witness or whatever, right? That needs to be proof and evidence. And, and I understand that the rowdies, you know, um, feel that this is uh, a twelve game suspension is is a lot, and I understand that. And from a playing standpoint, and specifically if you're in a business standpoint, yes, it's a lot. You you play for a player and. You're not going to have them available for, for 12 games. Yes. And I understand that they want to have more clarity on the ath- and the absent of um, of the player. And they want to have a better understanding of it. But the optics of the Rowdy saying, hey, 12 games is 12 games is too much. Really gives you the optics of saying like 12 games is too is, is too much for a racist for, for being racist. We need yep. it to be less than that. Yeah. And yeah, the yeah. optics of that is just not good, right? I nope. mean, like, you don't need to make it super public. You just, you know, you're gonna get the investigative report and just do it, do it how people do it in 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 the court system, right? Appeal it, right? You have your appeal, but don't make it super public because then you look like an idiot. Right, and I understand it's part of their 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 rights and and all the other stuff, but the optics of it right now, with all the racist cases that we've had gone on and so far in just the last couple of months, it's just it's not a good time to be like, yeah, you know, if you would have said we're gonna appeal this, we're we're gonna look at the investigation and then decide what our next steps will be, is a much better statement than saying it's too much. Twelve games for being for being a racist is too much. We need it to yep. be less. That is well said. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it kind of plays out. And um, yeah, it's it's just it's just wild that it's 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 still like this. Not meaning to repeat myself, but it's wild, wild west, right? There's there's still nothing actually set, and it, we can it's have the these, wild, wild west. Wild, wild west. These huge extremes, though, from nothing to your entire season. Right, and I, and I think I applaud the league for taking that stand. That I Completely. think is, is 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 a big step, and sure. Um, there might not be like a a defined system or a system that really works, but at least they're taking a step into the right direction. You can always work around it. And then when it comes to negotiations, you know, with the players leagues or players association and the league and the teams, you can always have that discussion when you're doing, you know, bargaining, but to spend someone for 12 games, I can't even think of another league that's done that before. Is, is this where I drop my weekly, uh, Brasileiro losing points. I feel like I feel like everybody drink. I say that every week. <laughs> yeah, we should you should have like a drinking contest every time you yeah. drink Brasileiro. Every, every every time I mention the new yeah the point drop system. All right, man. I'm I'm so 
curious and interested for how that's going to play out. All right, let's go to go for women to kind of wrap up this section. They tied Rutgers uh, 2-2, which is a huge away point. Rutgers are sitting. I had it up and now I lost it. They're at the, they're at the top, though. I don't think they're number one, but there's top three. Um, so this is one of those ties that's more of a win for them. And they play Maryland today. Uh, Rodrigo and I were, were, were doing a little cramming before we started to record. Look, yeah, and we, Big Ten. <laughs> we went to go ahead make, it, make it super simple to know who, who who's qualifying, who's not. Just, you know, like, just color code things. Like, seriously, because, like, it literally took us, you know, and maybe, maybe we're the worst um, sports investigative reporters trying to find out information. I don't think and that so. Could be we, true. And that could we knew be what true, we wanted. Right? It just took us like ten websites. Right. I to mean, get I'm, there. I'm sure that Bridget, if she was, if, if Bridget was here, uh, would have said, "Hey, this is what it is, right?" Because hey, Bridget hey, knows. Hey, idiots! Yes, hey, idiots! Right? This is this is what this is what they this is what it is. And I'm like, all yeah. right, but us 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 idiots took us literally 15 20 minutes trying to figure out it's true it's true you know <laughs> we miss you so Bridget. please big 10 make save it, us make it simple for us big idiots so yes to that point um we finally did find out that it's the, it's the top eight um that do go to the tournament so in theory if things were to end right now minnesota would barely qualify as the last place team um they still have a few more matches if they win out They'll probably be able to move up a little bit and solidify that because obviously they don't want to be standing right on the line like they are right now. Um, Maryland is considerably worse than Rutgers. So the fact they got that tie there at a very, very good, you know, top three team leads one to believe they, they should be able to take care of, of Maryland and, and get those three points. Uh, but we will see as things start to wrap up. Uh, should we take a break? Do some internationals? Sounds like a plan, my man. All right. Vamos. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota Football Show. And welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota Football Show. It is international news section, and um, we figured we start with World Cup news because the World Cup is getting more and more into one of these, like, do you remember when you were little? When I was younger, I used to watch the show Unsolved Mysteries with that Robert guy. Mm-hmm. Trench- I remember that one. Yeah. Trench- I forget what his name is, but this is, what the, this is what the World Cup feels right now. It's like Unsolved Mysteries after Mysteries after Mysteries. And the latest thing that happened at the World Cup, um, a third cruise ship was hired by the World Cup organizations in Qatar to operate as a soccer fan hotel dock in Doha Port. To add much needed rooms for the tournament. How much, Rodrigo? How much for a so room here's the thing. Here's the thing ship. about it. It's like um, Eric has mentioned the the camp favelas, right? Mm-hmm. The the white favelas where like you get to sit, <laughs> the white people favelas. That's right. People favelas <laughs> that you get to sit in like white tents, burn yourself. Uh, I don't know what kind of air conditioning it has. We 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 talked about the fact that there's going to be one zone for drinking and there's going to be a sober zone and i don't even know how that's going to work out um 
But now this is the third cruise ship for literally like this is going to be like the Viking sex boat times three. Like literally, I, I cannot understand all the drinking, all the debauchery, all the things that are not supposed to happen in Qatar are going to happen on this on this uh, on these boats. And I honestly do not want to be anywhere near that water because I don't know what's going to happen in that water or what's going to be dumped in that water or who's going to be dumped in that water. To be to be to be fact, but four hundred and seventy dollars a night, with the minimum of a two night stay, is what they're asking. In addition to that, because of the room shortage, which really begs to differ, didn't you have more than a year to prepare for this mm-hmm. while you were building? and enslaving people to do these stadiums couldn't you build hotel rooms or hotels <laughs> at the same time i mean you got the money yep might as well do that uh but no they're also asking people that if they can to stay not in qatar but in surrounding nations and fly in on game days mm-hmm. i want to know what kind of credit score rating you need to have in order to go to this World Cup? Because there's no way, there's no way Midwest Johnny no. can afford to go to a World Cup at all. Politicians, ever. arms dealers, drug dealers, uh, fascistic despots. Uh, I mean, th- th- these are the people that are welcome with open arms i think for for this kind of situation yeah, it's basically like... I, I i we we talk about we'll drop it again uh, you should listen to um uh world corrupt the, the new men and blazers and the guy from uh, yeah that was Pod, a really good episode save the world yeah they're great um rod refers to fifa as a specter like james bond <laughs> and, I think that, and i think that's basically what it is like all the super villains of the world are the ones that, that are going to get the red carpet especially for this world for all world cups but especially for this one um one thing i learned on that show Rodrigo, did you know that whenever this thing was handed down like it was it was 2014 right when they decided this i think if i'm not mistaken um or maybe it's 2010 whenever they 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 dropped this whole thing that it was going to happen in qatar um they were they, they were they were talking about their uh stadiums where they were going to build over, over time to present now it everything's you know it exists but at the time they were going to build a soccer stadium in a city that wasn't even on the map that didn't exist so they had to like create the town to then build the stadium this this feels like that uh uh, like WandaVision. You remember one? You ever watch WandaVision? Yes. Oh, it was spectacular. When she creates, when she creates her own town, it's literally yes. what it is. Yes. I was like, wow. At least not not on the backs of, like you said, slave labor and like absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's that. Conditions. This is the thing that I don't comprehend. Like you knew ahead of time, right? Like you couldn't, you can't accommodate, and I totally understand and respect the cultural norms that are of a country, right? There's certain things you can't do. And I totally understand that. And I totally respect that, right? When you go abroad, if you travel abroad, you've got to understand those type of things. But at the same time, like if you can't build accommodations at the same time you're building, you're, you're building massive stadiums, you really are just duct taping this thing together. And mm-hmm. like, it really makes it stand out that the World Cup is all about money and not really about the game in a sense, right? Yep. First of all, they moved the dates. 
Second of all, they have to put it in a, in a country that's known to have human rights abuses. Third of all, right, they don't even have the accommodations to to for the people who actually can afford to go to these things. And I'm yeah. like, hmm. I'm like, this this is if it's ever been like a let me make sure Santi's not here because I don't want to pay him a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he's not here. Talk about a shit show. That's a shit show right there. It is shit show it World is. Cup. Yes, it is. It is terribly sad. And for for a, a nation in quotes, if we want to call it that, a nation that has, I think, the same population as Minnesota and Wisconsin combined. Um, what a disaster. But you know, we're we're still probably we're gonna watch and we're gonna be critical and we're gonna be yeah we're gonna be self-critical and, and a little self-loathing and about that's the it. thing too. We'll like, analyze and we'll we'll have fun with it, but we're also gonna be real. Yeah. Like we're gonna watch because that's just the innate nature that we've been brought into, and it's just one of the mm-hmm. things that we but at the same time it doesn't mean that we we agree or we comply with what's going on, right? Yes. You know, so we'll we'll watch and 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 we'll tear things down and we'll have uh, more information specifically and this is all relates to this series that we're working with the daves yeah. um it should be really interesting once we get more information well we'll let you guys know but overall it's just you know it's this is this is like the world cup that's going to be memorable in the sense not because of what happens on the field but what happens outside of the field 100 percent, 100 percent um, we're going to, we're going to blast whatever this thing is going to be through both of our feeds. So whether you're listening to us or the Daves, you'll, you'll get, uh, whatever it is. We'll, we'll keep you informed. I know it's all this vague stuff. We, we just had our first meeting or putting it all together. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to collaborating with them. Might have some other guests as well. If you listeners, uh, are like, Hey, I want to talk about X team, or I want to talk about X issue, uh, get in touch with us because there will probably be some space if you want to either send us some questions or commentary or just like hop on for a little bit as a guest. We can probably make that happen. Um, all right. We'll do some European stuff here. I think um, I'll leave a little space for, for Justin. I think he wants to talk a little bit about Europa. Uh, hi, this is Justin Paul. Thank you for letting me speak about some of my niche soccer interests. I'll start with the Europa League where my team Fenerbahce uh, have done well, 10 points from four games. Uh, when they beat Dino Kiev, there was not any Putin chanting this time. That was good. They go away to Iklarnica in Cyprus, or as the Turks call it, the Greek Southern Cypriot Administration. <laughs> and uh, no politics there. The Turkish Cypriots who were able to cross the UN buffer zone uh, seemed to have a mostly good day out. There was not any clashes. That's positive. And they also drew at Ren. Uh, in which Michi Bachuai got the uh, equalizer. Uh, Bachuai has crossed the Bosphorus with the Belgian star playing for Besiktas last year. Now he plays on the Asian side of Istanbul for Fener. Uh, Ener Valencia, who is, you know, might, he might be a child support dodger, but he's a good player, uh, and he has scored more goals this year under Jesus than he did all of last year. Uh, and you also might know Diego Rossi, the ex-LAFC star, is playing a role on the team, as are some new Brazilians from Flamengo, namely... Gustavo Enrique and William Arau. So 10 years ago, Federer made the semis of this competition going out to Benfica. We can dare to dream in, uh, uh, at least from the uh, perspective of the citizen of the Fenerbahce Republic, which is what they call Fener fans. Uh, other stuff, Europa League. I want to highlight non-Big Five teams that are leading Big Five teams in groups. So we have Ludogorets Razgrad, the 10 times in a row champion of Bulgaria, who are ahead of Roma. Their second Roma are third in that group. 
and Rosgrad play this tiny town, not tiny, but town of like 40,000 people. It's mixed Turkish and Bulgarian town actually, but it's, it, but it's the owned by an oligarch and they've won the league 10 years in a row. And then we have uh, Union St. Gilles out of Brussels. They had been out of the top flight of Belgium for almost half a century. They come back last year, finished second or third, I can't recall. Then they get knocked out of the CL, losing to Rangers, but they are leading Union Berlin in their group. And Berlin, of course, is uh, has been top of, or near top of Bundesliga. Uh, we also have Karabakh out of Azerbaijan. They are the, the refugee team from the place that's been in the news for all the wrong reasons, meaning the the war uh, of last year that was just just brutal, actually two years ago. Uh, but they are ahead of Nantes, the French Cup winner. So I'd also highlight a group where um, Trabzon Spore beat Monaco last week. They are dealing with them behind uh, Ferenc Varos, who are the Hungarian giants, kind of tied to Orban, and just ahead of Sirena Zvezda, which, is, which you know is Red Star Belgrade. That group's a little bit tight, all to play for there. And then the, the tightest group is between Sturm Graz Mid-Yitland out of Denmark, Feyenoord and Lazio, and Mid-Yitland beat Lazio like 5-0 a couple weeks back or a month back. So that group, they're all on five. So that, that's that's actually the tightest group, even tighter than the one I mentioned with Trabs on Spore. Um, as for the Conference League, you have Parzan Belgrade, who are leading a group with both Nice and Köln. So they beat, and they beat Köln twice. So Serbian League doing better than Bundesliga or Ligue 1 in that group. And then you have Istanbul Basakşehir, here, which is, you know, a plastic team kind of near the Erdogan regime. But that aside, they pumped or thumped, I should say, Fiorentina uh, and are, are leading that group. This is in conference. So those are also nice stories. And hat tip to Balkani out of Kosovo. The Kosovo-Albanian team beat Sivaspor, the first win for a Kosovo group uh, team in group competition. And before the match, they went to a statue of the Kosovo-Albanian brigadier nationalist uh, rebel leader Adam Jashari that was in Sivas because there's an Albanian diaspora in that town in in uh, central eastern Turkey, but maybe 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 that was a bad move by Sivas because then they'd go on to lose after after having them take, having their visitors take that photo. Uh, also, Punic Yerevan out of Armenia, they might go through. They are second, but they're in a group with other minnows, Zalgiris Vilnius out of, out of basketball loving Lithuania. So that's another possible minnow going through. Uh, anyway, two more games to play. We'll figure out what's next on that. Uh, one more note on the Turkish league. We have like seven teams that are probably still in with a shout for early on in the contention. Uh, Calvo's Konya Spore full of Balkan players. You know, I, I hope he's doing well in that Islamist Citadel. Konya is a very right wing town. Hard to get a drink there, but diehard fans. Uh, Trabzon Spore defending champions are struggling a bit because they, they, they lost some key players, but Maxi Gomez, the Uruguayan arrived. Galatasaray are going older this year with bringing back Babatevi Gomis, who was like 35 as our star three years ago, and bringing back and bringing in Dries Mertens, the Belgian international, as well as um, their um, Amaro Riccardi on uh, loan for PSG, who's the guy that got that goal past Calvo, causing him to get the own goal. Uh, you also have Adana Demirspor, who are coached by Vincenzo Montella. Um, and uh, they are a left-wing team in a right-wing city. They're tied to the Turkish railways industry. Mario Balotelli played with them last year, but he moved on after having a fight with Montello last month. But they, but they're they're actually league leaders right now, and their star is named Yunus Valhanda, who's a, who's a um, uh, Algerian international but French-born. Uh, and then obviously I mentioned Fener before, uh, and then you have some 
Uh, the other team I would mention about Mr. Besiktas have reloaded a bit with a young Congolese striker named Jackson Maleka, who came from Standard Liège in Belgium. So a lot to play for in Turkey. Uh, next week, Fenerbahce play Basakşehir, here, who are also in the mix. Uh, and uh, uh, so there's a lot going on there, and I'll keep you updated on that, as well as how the conference and Europa Leagues uh, end up. Thank you. Into Champions League, we'll do uh, – group stages are, are kind of getting to the point where there's a couple matches left, but we're already having some qualifications kind of starting to happen here. Uh, Chelsea are through – um, who else gets through Real Madrid defending champs, no surprise there, Man City. Um, they, they played at Copenhagen at FC Copenhagen and they kind of ran out like their, their B squad. I, I don't even think Holland started I think mean, he came in as a sub. So it was a nil nil tie, but again, they don't really plan for anything right now. Um, I think oh, but PSG also got through or no, no, never mind. No. Cause they, they're in a bit of a race now with, in their group. Um, the one I wanted to mention though was, Maccabi Haifa from Israel coming with a huge win, 2-0 over Juventus. And Juventus, uh-huh. yeah, Juventus not bringing like their B team either. Like they needed some points. And this this prompted a discussion in the group as well on, I couldn't remember uh, if, if, if this was Haifa's first three points. And I, I was I was educated by MJ actually, who, who pointed out a couple times they've been through um, they have won some matches in Champions League, including beating Manchester United like 10 years ago, which is another big one. So it's like, you know, they kind of just show up and disappear pretty quickly. But to be able to kind of hang on the wall, they, they got to beat Man U and Juventus. That's pretty impressive for a not so huge club. So good on them. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's why you watch these tournaments, right? Like you always mm-hmm. want to see who the little the 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 upsets are or just the interesting the interesting things and i think as we get further around further on on the champions league we'll, we'll we'll be able to dive a little bit more but yeah nice update yep 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 um let's see on the other side uh napoli basically continue their dream run they they finished their group including liverpool undefeated did you so see that uh, the chucky losano goal that was a great goal i saw i think i did i mean they they are fun to watch like they yeah. are a team clicking on all cylinders mm-hmm. like vibes of old school maradona playing over there it, it's they look really good they yeah napoli really hasn't good. been that interesting for a while but it's nice to since be able then to see it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um liverpool i think i don't think they qualified but they're they're in pretty good shape they had a huge seven seven one win over ragers so they're likely through uh the other big one we've talked about club bruges and and how you know, they've been kind of quietly consistent. They, they are through Rodrigo. So good on them for qualifying number one in a group, including Atletico Madrid and Porto. So good stuff there. Um, let's see. What's the other one? Oh, man. Well, well, Bayern are through. No real surprise there. Maybe it's the surprise just considering that they're with Inter, Milan, and Barcelona. Not so much on the Barcelona side, but good on them. Um, the other groups are all still kind of tight right now. And... Um, so we don't have all those two, but we have to talk a little bit about the Barcelona Inter Milan match that was just ridiculous. I I, I got in right when it was getting wild too. Um, the final is is a three three tie, and the narrative here was I tuned in and it was two. How, how was it now? Everything changed in like ten minutes. It was incredible. Two one Inter is what it was, and then. Lewandowski just decides to do what he does and kind of take the game by the throat. Um, so he scores two goals in like 
five minutes to give, no, sorry. He scores one goal to tie things up 2-2. Inter responds at like the 90th minute to make it 3-2. And then Lewandowski gets another one in stoppage time to make it 3-3 is how it went. So it was, it was nice to see Barcelona fight back or rather Lewandowski by himself fight back. Um, it is not enough, however, for Barcelona to stay alive. They are going to go to the Europa League, <laughs> which, which is kind of rough, but also fair considering what this team has kind of become recently. Yeah. Um, yes, good. I thought was league why I, I really would be questioning my, my decisions of leaving and just going to Barcelona the way that it is. It feels like, well, I get it, money, but as a player, you want to be competitive and you're not really being competitive at one point. That's going to, that's going to give up more than the money will. Yeah. I'm sure LAFC is writing him a contract right now. So oh gosh, don't happen. even worry about that. <laughs> don't, don't uh, tempt me stuff like that. <laughs> what? No. Okay. Let me you play a game one day. It's going to be, it's going to be a Vela, Vela swap for, that, for that'd be Lou. hilarious. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yep. Like, like, like I would love to, See Lee White in in um in Cincinnati just for the hell of it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that Brendan Vasquez, Benner, Lee White. <laughs> why, why even roll out a defense? Just just put all midfield <laughs> and offense. And it's like, hey, it. all we're gonna do is play one, two, three touches. Oh, find yep. Lee White. Oh, there's another goal. Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's it, it's futsal on the pitch, basically. That's pretty much, right? <laughs> we don't even. We're not even gonna put. We're not even gonna put eleven players. Yeah, there. we're just gonna put five. That's right. Oh, five, and that's it. And they'd probably be okay for a lot of games. <laughs> um, right. So that's kind of where things sit right now. Some, some in still some groups to be determined, but that's all going to be clarified here in the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, but good on those that were able to get through and Barca, Barca, it continues. Um, let's jump of, to it. Go ahead. No, I was going to say out of the Europa League, which team do you actually think has a good chance? Because you have Juventus, Sevilla, uh, Shakhtar, uh, Milan. Uh, oh, I see what you're saying with with the teams that are going to be yeah, dropping down. Sporting, yep. Mm-hmm. Barcelona, Atletico, which I thought was really interesting, and Ajax. So that is a very good question. Um, that should be an interesting in Europa League, at least. I don't know. I'll have to think on that one a little bit more. I don't know. Because, yeah. because I mean, there's there's legit teams that are that are in it in it that are doing well too. So I I don't know. Um, tweet us. IGS are, uh, you know, send us emails, the listeners, and let, let us know your thoughts. I, I fully admit that I don't track Europa as much, um, which is why it's nice to have somebody else commentate on it. But, um, you know, I'll probably follow it a little bit now that the <laughs> freaking Barca is <laughs> in there. Um, I, st- I don't think they're going to make it. If, if, if you're asking me if Barcelona is still going to win it, I, I think the answer is no. Um, we have a This Week in Racism in Champions League as well related here. Uh, this is related to Dinamo Zagreb from uh, Croatia. Apparently, they were just supporters being stupid of uh, the bad blue boys, I believe they call themselves. Which I don't know what's up with the, what's up with these fascists and just like these really. What's up with fascists in che- the color blue? Seriously. Well, not that, but I'm just gonna say the cheeky names like the proud boys, the bad blue boys. Just like you, you get, you're not exactly conjuring these images of like your hyper masculine ideals or whatever you're trying to go for but they're all just jerks pretty much 
so yes, yeah, so they they did some Nazi salutes, uh, marching down the streets of Milan uh, before their Milan match, and apparently maybe some stuff in the stadium as well, which they were of course condemned um, by by Milan, and I think UEFA went after him as well. Oh, this is from the is Israel ambassador in Croatia. Uh, he basically said it's quote a horrible and totally unacceptable event. Uh, quote this is totally against the basic values of football, obviously unquote. Yeah. Um, and then also something happened with Frankfurt as well. I don't have the full details there. Frankfurt were in England playing Tottenham. Tottenham won that match 3-2. And something went down there, some racist stuff. I just don't have the details. I don't know if Rodrigo, if you were paying attention to that one or have any more details. No? It's okay if not. No, I, I don't have anything. That... Yeah. Just... Stop. Stop the racism, guys. Seriously. Um, Copa do Brasil. They had the first round of the final. I, I just love it because it's so old school. Like, this is just the classic rivalry. São Paulo Corinthians versus uh, Rio Flamengo. I mean, it's just, it just takes me back to childhood. Um, and it was a nil-nil draw in São Paulo with Corinthians hosting this first round. Uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see the Gaviões, the the uh, Gaviões Fiel, the supporters group for Corinthians, man, but the TIFO was out of this world. Was it? No, I IG. didn't see it. Yeah. Just took up like a section and a half of like these huge eagles. And of course, you know, the, the logo with the uh, anchor and oh, everything, okay. what I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was enormous, like <laughs> probably like 5,000 people long, like holding this thing. It was, it was incredible. It was incredible. Um, so it's going to flip to Rio now for Flamingo's turn. Uh, I really don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, I, I got to say I'm pulling for Corinthians in this one for the simple fact that Flamingo are already in the uh, Libertadores final. They're already qualified for Libertadores next year. They don't need another trophy. I mean, if they get one good on them, but like, let's, let's spread it a little bit and let's give it to Corinthians, give them something. No, I mean, you know, honestly, Corinthians has one of the best levels in that league, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and we didn't even talk about like the political side too, the social political side. Like they they are probably my second club. Like when I'm not going for Goyales just because of the history there with Socrates and, and the uh democ- democratization of the uh of the of the team and the league and everything, the union they pushed for. Like I just I love that history so much. And that's kind of my big connection there. Uh I'm I'm bummed I didn't get to see them play when I when I was living there. I tried to. I ended up seeing Sao Paulo and Palmeiras, but um just a special place in my heart. They actually put out a, a call on their social media, um, basically saying, um, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it was, it was something like uh, the Gavioins, you know, the, uh, the Hawks, they call themselves. No, no Hawks vote for Bolsonaro or something like that. Is <laughs> what they put out. It was just, you know, again, classic and, and very much in tune to who they are and what they stand for. So I, I appreciate them and I, I really like them a lot. Um, we can just touch on this one, Rodrigo, if you want to, that this, something happened with the, uh, the Irish women's team. They, they qualified for, was it women's Euro? Is that what it is? No, no, it was the world cup. First time they qualified for women's world cup. Yeah. And so big deal, big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. And, 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 uh, and, and so they sing a song apparently that references the IRA and it kind of blew up a little bit. Um, it really blew up actually in our, in our group chat on, um, on, uh, What's the thing called? Patreon? <laughs> no, though, our uh, Slack, uh, our Slack oh, channel. Oh, Slack. Slackity yeah, Slack. Yeah, Slackity Slack. And 
I don't I don't know how deep I want to get into it, but I'll, I'll let you take it away from there. I well, one thing I'll say was no, please you go first. No, I, I was just going to say, like, this is this is a big win. Like, it's the first time for the Republic of Ireland women's women's national team to 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 play in a World Cup. They defeated Scotland 1-0 and like, you know, and then the players, um, some other players, you know, in celebration, then one of them um, still up to composition you were singing part of a song that was pro ira and i totally understand that the the history and the optics of it um and i totally understand that um but like at the same time as like they the national team put out a statement right that they're going to have a conversation with the players or they apologize they apologize they 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 I'm pretty sure the national team didn't want to get more into it, but just overall, I mean, like that, that to me, in my opinion, should not overshadow the, the amazing thing is to qualify for a world cup first time. So like, I think that instead of, instead of the, the conversation about the, the lyrics that were being said, you know, like, I think one of the, I think one of the quotes from one of the one of the players was like, "We sang over a hundred songs, and people just stuck to that one, right? That's the one that makes the news." Yeah, so like, right. I get that's it. Right. You no know, player has a point. Player has a point to be frustrated because people should be celebrating what they're doing. I mean, even even <laughs> Conor McGregor congratulated them mm -hmm. on their win. It's the big deal. Like to qualify for a World Cup, it's a huge deal, and we understand the history and the complicated history of that nation. Um, and so. Like, and I'm not, you know, wholly versed on that aspect of it, right? Um, and so I, I actually kind of want to know more, but I do know that, um, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, Peru and potatoes, we'd be having a different conversation, but that's just me. <laughs> that was a good tie-in. Um, that's well said. Uh, what I was going to say is what was upsetting to me wasn't so much of like the, the song choice. I mean, sure, could they have maybe not sung a song okay fine but the blowback from the english media particularly the sky sports one that was was up in our slack i mean just the most arrogant sexist misogynist just asshole commentator guy to, to basically shame these players um for having this like you said they're not even talking about the achievement and what it means from an athletic standpoint they're just like it was mostly just like a colonial, how dare you, how dare you step out of line? How dare you do this? And, and, and the poor player is just like, yo, we just like, <laughs> we just qualify for the world cup. Can we talk about that instead of it? It had just really, yeah. really bad, really bad takes and really bad vibes. And that's, it was, that's it, was, it was bad optics, but like, I think really the other bad thing optics. too is that, you know, last time I checked, you know, these nations are considered to be free nations. So like they have freedom. So a yeah. player should be able to celebrate how they want to, but it doesn't mean that there there aren't consequences for the way they celebrate. So like, you know, but overall, like I agree with you. It's like, you know, let them, you know, how many times in Latin America do we have like supporter groups chanting horrible things in, in national team and that is, that barely even makes the news, right? You know, yeah. like, you know, like we saw when Argentina played, every time, every time Argentina plays England in anything, it's just, you know, it turns into one of those things. But, like, you know, I mean, if we – I understand the frustration, but that should not 
um, that should not overtake the accomplishment. And that's my opinion. So people can agree with it, can disagree with me, and that's fine. And we can talk about it offline or you can talk about it on Twitter, whatever it is. But I, I want to take time to celebrate such an accomplishment because for someone who understands not qualifying for the World Cup for 36 years, I totally understand what where where this team is coming from. And sometimes to make the 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 not the best decisions and you live with it. But overall, you know, congratulations to qualifying for a World Cup. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 funny. I'm my wheels are spinning a little bit. I'm just remembering this conversation I had not that long ago. Um, we were actually talking about um, the show Warrior, which which I highly recommend. It's really good on HBO. It's um, it's Bruce Lee's show that he wrote that he never got to finish uh, before his death. So his, his daughter kind of took it up to took it upon herself to finish it off and actually produce it and get it moving. It's it's great, um, but it very much takes place turn of the century, um, 1880s, 90s, something like that in San Francisco, like when the railroads are being built. And so you have the influx of all the, basically the Chinese indentured right. servants, mm-hmm. slaves as, as they essentially are and building that community. But then the other immigrant community, which is the Irish community, uh, recent, recent Irish community of immigrants, and then the elite on top. And you get to see this, this universal divide and conquer that always happens, like pitting the two against each other and making sure there's tension right, there right, so right. win. And I had this conversation with somebody about the show and I remember how we got into it, but some, they asked something about, well, um, God, I'm trying to connect the dots. Um, how they say, oh, well, you know, I, I love the, oh, I, was, I love the Irish accent in English or something like that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, dude. That's a great, that's a great way. He's like, that's a- Yeah, yeah. But I was like, and, and do you know the history there? Like, do you know why there's an accent? You're like, no. You know, I don't know. It's just an interesting accent. I'm like, he, you know, it was, it was like almost getting there, but not quite. I mean, so I kind of was like, well, you realize that they have their own language. Have you, have you ever heard of Gaelic before? Oh, yeah, I've heard of Gaelic. I was like, you know, can we get there? Can we keep moving? And there would be silence a little bit. I was like, yeah, so, but it would die. And it was like, so they, they were a colonized people, like right. the Americas, like everywhere else. Like English was imposed on them and Gaelic was attempted to be faded out and destroyed like happened in the americas like happened in africa and again i could see the wheels turning slowly like what what are you talking about because of you know historically of what whiteness does and how eventually right they were accepted and blended in and, and kind of and and how um, history is told from the people that have the power to tell the history right. and write the books that's right so it, that's it was just interesting to, to, to yeah. kind of watch it happen what, in real so time <laughs> warrior is that is this on netflix or is this on uh hbo I'm going to have to it's check great. that out. I mean, amazing fight choreography, as you can imagine, but then all the, the class dynamics and, and race. Cool. And I'm going to put that on my to watch really list good. now that I have yep. a couple te- couple days off just to start watching that. So You'll love it. You'll love it. It's, it's, it's kind of got the spaghetti Western kind of vibe, too. It's, it's fun. Oh, cool. It's fun. All right. Really good period stuff. Yeah, um, I, got, I got hooked on Westerns because of my dad. Yep. He Anything that had to do with uh, Clint Eastwood, it was on TV for I don't know how long. And I'm like, geez. Yeah, but yeah. I'll love to hear your opinions. It's 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 really fun. Cool. They do a really good job. All right. Um, what else do we got? El Clasico. That's happening while we're doing here. While we're going here, maybe it's over now. It's over now. Uh, Real Madrid three one. There you go. <laughs> oh, it's your boy Rodrigo gets one in at the. That's last right, minute. baby. Yeah. He better send me them royalty checks now. 
Yep. I put in the women's world cup draw here, but then for whatever reason, I didn't actually put in the team. So I apologize for that. That's happening this week on the what's 22nd is a Saturday. So next weekend, well, we'll have more details of that on the next show. Um, I do know, I remember this though, that Brazil and the U S are in opposite pots. So in theory, they could be drawn together, which would be bananas. <laughs> Yo, so. like that's going to be nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's really funny to me is like when the U S women, um, play these friendlies and they got beat and how like there's so much discussion on the on the social medias about how like oh this and that oh that and this and i'm like first of all they're friendlies like yep. i get it right yes other teams around other countries are beginning to invest in, in the women's game and you can totally tell that right and that's fine i think that makes it even better but you know but friendlies are also a way to see you which players play, play better in what situation and what the other team is going to do. It's like scouting in a sense. So like, mm-hmm. if anything, this prepares them to, to be better. And so like, I can't wait for the World Cup. That's all I'm saying. Okay, here, here are the, I got it now. So pot one, US, New Zealand, Australia, obviously hosting, Sweden, England, Germany, France, Spain. Pot two, Canada, Netherlands, Brazil, Japan, Norway, Italy, China, uh, Korea Republic, three Denmark, Switzerland, Republic of Ireland, who we just talked about, uh, Colombia, Argentina, Vietnam, Costa Rica, Jamaica, and four is Nigeria, Philippines, South Africa, Morocco, Zambia, and then apparently there's three spots they still need to fill. That's where we're at. Nice. Yeah. Should be interesting. Well, sir, that's all I got for now, unless there's anything you want to add. Um, no, I mean, I'm ready to enjoy uh, going to go rake, not leaves, but pine needles. And um, I don't know, I'm just going to enjoy and find some good. Hey, people send me send me links or information about um, like bike friendly parks or stuff like that. Because I want to start taking G to these things now that I got a bike rack. Uh, we want to be able to go to some of these just overall. My eventually, my goal that I'm building up to for like spring or, or maybe even this fall is to to go to uh, Cannon Falls and do that Cannon Falls to Red Wing um, bike route that they have and back. So, if you want to come over our direction, we can do the loop sometime between the Minnehaha Falls and take the take the trail down the Mississippi and kind of swing back. It's really pretty. How how long is that? Is it like half hour, forty five minutes? Um, something like that. I, I I have to like map it out. It's 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 just really pretty scenery if you're looking for scenery. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, thanks, Rodrigo. Thank you, listeners. And uh, if you want to support us, uh, patreoncom backslash show. Like Rodrigo mentioned earlier, we're gonna get that thing moving eventually for the World Cup with our friends at the Daves. I know it should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to it. Um, Rodrigo, I did not get a prediction out of you for tomorrow. No, two days rather with uh, Minnesota and Dallas. What's going to happen? Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, well, you went with the loss, so I'm going to go with the win. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a, it's either a 2 1 or a 2 0 win. All right. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. <laughs> all right. Let's get out of here. Thanks, everybody. Ciao. Yep. Talk to you all later. <laughs>